Thanks for tuning in to the audio edition of our Sunday sermons. For more information about Cornerstone, visit cornerstonerome.com. So I'm going to continue on this message series. This is entitled The Sermon on the Mount. It's what we're talking about. Again, it's the greatest message ever preached by the greatest preacher that ever preached, right? You get what I'm saying? It's a, the greatest message ever preached by the greatest preacher <laughs> that ever preached, okay? So <clears throat> today we're going to look at, at Matthew 7. So if you want to turn there, we'll put it on the screens for you as well. But in Matthew 7, we're going to look at a couple of things that Jesus said here. And today we're going to talk a little bit about the whole context of what he said, ask and seek and knock. That's what we're going to read about today. So Matthew 7, starting around verse 7. And I want to parallel this with the way that children ask questions. You know, my kids ask questions of me all the time and different, you know, ages. So they all ask different, you know, age-related questions, whatever. But my five-year-old asked me one day, he says, hey, Dad, this is just not long ago. As a matter of fact, in the middle of COVID and everything else. And she's like, hey, Dad, you know, because she's in the commercial, can, can we go to Disney World? I'm like, yeah, babe, of course. Yeah, we'll, we'll work on that. You know, we'll kind of, you know what that means for you? That means, well, not only the cha-da-ching, it's also a lot of planning and organizing and whatever. And, and then she goes to me, really? Can we go tomorrow? Like, that was the, that, why? Because as a child, that, in her mind, she says, you said, yeah, can we go tomorrow? It just makes sense. <laughs> you know, I had a pastor, there's a pastor friend of mine that said, when he was a kid, his parent, he asked his parents, said, can you live anywhere you want to live in the United States? Can you move to any state? And they said, yeah, can we move to Disney World? <laughs> well, I mean, yeah, but, because as a child, a child thinks in, they have no boundaries in the question that they ask. They don't consider anything about time or space or responsibility. That's why you may live in a townhouse and your child says, hey, can we get a horse? You live on a quarter of an acre, you got nowhere for a horse, but it doesn't matter to a child. They say, why can't we get a horse? Put him in the den. He can eat dinner with us. It doesn't, you know, to them it doesn't matter. You know, these things are never considered as, as a child because a child thinks in unlimited possibility. And the Lord many times would talk to us about this. So I want you to think about as a child asks questions, how do we ask questions, okay? <clears throat> but look at Matthew chapter 7, verse 7. As I read this, think about this, okay? Matthew 7, verse 7. Jesus said, ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and it will be opened unto you. For everyone who asks receives and he who seeks finds. And to him who knocks, it will be opened. What man is there among you when his son, notice what he did. He went now to talking about children. What man among you, when his son asks for a loaf of bread, will give him a stone or a rock? Or if he were to ask for a fish, will he give him a snake? He says, verse 11, if you then being evil, the word evil here is the word carnal. It could be evil as in ungodly, but it's also carnal or natural minded. Okay, if you being an evil person or a natural person or a carnal person even, you know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father who is in heaven give what is good to those who ask him? And everything therefore, just interesting, this is what in some translations you'll see this, it might call it the golden rule, okay? But in he's talking about asking for stuff, seeking for stuff, knocking on doors for stuff, right? Don't forget this last little part. And everything, verse 12, therefore, treat people <clears throat> the same way you want them to treat you. For this is the law and the prophets. So I want to talk to you a little bit about this, asking, seeking, knocking. It's very interesting to me, um, this whole Sermon on the Mount series I'm doing. There's a lot of different things I see in this. But th the idea of asking God for something, I think, is pretty easy 
we all tend to pray and ask God for some things. But when a kid asks for something, again, it's just an ask. They don't think like adults because they're not adults. They just don't, they don't consider this. I was asking my oldest one, uh, I said, hey, you know, so what would you think if, if I, you know, we said we was going to go to Disney World, how would you think? Well, I think about, man, we got to pack all this stuff up. You know, it's a long drive. You got to get tickets. You know, all that stuff. So she already knows. She's thinking like how all this works, right? <clears throat> the youngest one doesn't. Let's just go tomorrow. Like it doesn't, it, because as you get older, you begin to consider how this is going to work out. You don't think about, you ask, but then you think about, well, how can it come through? Or how, how's it going to happen? And so I want you to again, think about it as a child, Matthew 18, 1. Jesus says this, watch. At that time, the disciples came to Jesus and said, who's the greatest in the kingdom of heaven? Because they were comparing who's the greatest. You know, John is like, I'm the disciple who loves Jesus. And Peter's like, you're an idiot. I got a sword. I protect Jesus. Judas is like, I'm a great accountant. You know, and they kind of comparing who's the best. And he called a child to himself and set him before them. And then he said, truly, I say unto you, <clears throat> unless you are converted and become like children, you will not enter the kingdom of heaven. And what we know about the kingdom of heaven is called kingdom of heaven or kingdom of God. Jesus said you seek first the kingdom of heaven or kingdom of God. And then all these things be added to you, right? So he says, unless you think like a child, you're not going to enter the kingdom of heaven. In other words, you're not going to be able to understand how I work. So whoever then humbles himself as this child, he is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven. What does Jesus mean when he says humble like a child? He means when you ask, isn't it true that if you ask for something that you really need, you have to humble yourself many times, particularly in our country, because we can get whatever we want, whenever we want, anytime we want. Let's just be honest. Yes, you can. If you want a new boat and you got five, it don't matter. If you want one, there's somebody out there foolish enough to figure out how to finance it for you, right? Even if you can't afford it, they'll do it because this is America. So my point, when I am sharing this with you, I want you to hear this. As a child, though, if you need something, a child does not consider how foolish their request sounds they do not consider that you might say no they don't consider how much the cost is that is for sure they don't consider any of these things they just ask and god says if you'll humble yourself like a child when you need something from me and just ask me just ask me if you need help just ask me here's a couple of thoughts about this. God understands the practical and the impractical. He really does. Again, we're looking at a father and a child right here. He understands the difference between a child asks for a pony or a horse in a townhouse. But listen, we're not too far from them because we ask for cars and stuff too. Ours just are different. But God understands the practical and the impractical. You know, kids ask for instead of a bathtub, they want a hot tub in the middle of the bathroom. Why can't we have that? It's got bubbles. It's awesome. We may not ask for that, but what do we ask for? God, I really wish you'd give me a husband. Or God, I really wish you'd give me a spouse. Or God, I really wish you'd give me, you know, this or that. And, and the thing is, sometimes I think God may look back and go like, well, how would you treat that wife when you get her? How will you treat that husband when you get her? I'm not talking about promises. Jesus gave us plenty of promises. He healed people, set people free, restored people, all kinds. There's all kinds. I'm not talking about the promises in the Bible. Like I'm talking about there's a difference between a need. A need is understood. I think all of us know that. If my children are hungry, I'm going to feed them. That is a need. A want is going to Disney World. That is not a need. 
A need is understood, but a want is what? Considered. How is me giving this to you going to affect you down the road? My oldest is getting old now where she wants me to teach her how to drive. She's getting ready to think about a car. And all this stuff. one day she asked me, could she get an Audi? I said, heck no. I ain't driving an Audi. You ain't driving an Audi either. Can I get mom's car? No, you're going to get like a 1980 Honda Accord. Maybe a 90. Whatever one's got all the airbags in it, you know, that kind of thing. I need some bumpers and some cameras and all. But why do we do that? Because in, forgive me if you've done this. I, I'm not picking at all, okay? But I was 16 before, so I know how this rolls, especially with young men. You don't give a 16-year-old a brand-new Mustang GT. You, you just don't do that. Why? Because he can't handle it. Now, there may be a rare exception, some young kid out there who has no drive in him whatsoever, and he will just drive that thing at 55 and never throttle it whatsoever. I've never met the kid. If there's one out there, maybe you got one. God bless you. God graced you with that. I wasn't one of those kids. My uncle, when I first started driving, let me borrow his 1979 Ford Courier. If you don't know what that is, they don't make them anymore. Matter of fact, you can't find parts for it because they rust to pieces. They just fall apart. I had to drive this thing to my first job, and we called it squeaky. Do you know why we called it squeaky? Because it squeaked. The tie rods, the ball bearings, the ball joints, whatever, anything. All this stuff, it was so worn out. When you, you got in the car, it when you opened the door. But that wasn't all. When you closed it and sat in the seat, I am not making this up. I am, I'm telling the honest truth. You start the car up, and it squeaks. And, and then you're backing out, and it goes, I'm not making these sounds. This is real, right? This is not sound effects for This is for real. It would just go down the road. You best the break. It squeaked everywhere. It was embarrassing. But when you're 16, you don't care. You just got something to drive. And I'm like, what's up? My friends loved it. They thought it was cool because, man, I mean, it was just. And my uncle, what he did was he took the engine out of this thing. It was a little puny I don't know what the thing was inside. They put these little, it was a small, this is a really puny little truck, small. And he, the engine went out in it, so he took it out. He bought a, a, a like a, a totaled out Mustang, stuck a, a V, uh, like a six, inline six in it that had like a couple of hundred horsepower, you know. And that little truck, you could just like, when you'd give it gas, it would just ball the tires and everybody like, man, what's in that thing? I'm like, man, it's, 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 it's awesome. So my uncle let me borrow this for a while. One day, he gets in the truck, because he doesn't drive, it, it was it was his work, little work truck, he'd throw stuff in it, trash, whatever else, it wasn't something he drove every day. After me driving it a couple of months and working at a fast food restaurant down, he gets in the truck and says, son, what have you done to my truck? What are you talking about, just driving the truck? He said, it stinks in here. What have you done? You got trash in my truck? Now this truck, I just described to you something that came out of a junkyard. It wasn't worth all of $150, probably. The engine was worth more than the whole truck. The tires was worth more than the truck. That's like, you understand? But he tells me, why did you treat my truck this way? Which I thought, have you seen the truck? But I, what he was teaching me was, it's my truck. And if this is how you're going to treat my truck, you can't drive it anymore. And all of a sudden, it's funny. All of a sudden, I tried to wash the truck. <laughs> that was a mistake. It had rust holes in the bed, and when I was spraying with a pressure washer, it just, pfft. I was like, oh, man. You know, so I just brushed the truck and just backed up and just let it, the rain wash it off. You know, I never washed it again, but I started taking the trash out of the truck. 
I cleaned the truck. I started bringing an extra pair of shoes with me because it was so greasy where I worked. I changed the shoes when I was getting Why did I do that? Because, man, all of a sudden I realized something mattered more to him than it did to me, partly because it didn't belong to me. When we ask for things, if it's not a need, you're sick, you need to be healed. That's non God comes through. You don't understand what You need something from God. But listen, you want something from God. I think sometimes he considers like a father. My next car I bought for 500 bucks. It was a Camaro. Four-speed, four-cylinder. I don't know what people were thinking at Chevrolet. Who puts a four-cylinder in a Camaro? What engineer was sitting around going like, hey, boys, I got a great idea. No 16-year-old boy is thinking like that was a great idea. He's like, you're an idiot. I got that car. It was amazing how when I paid for it, how I treated it. But it wouldn't get over like the truck was faster than the Camaro. Sometimes when you want things, you have to understand that God considers how we will respond with what we are giving. Jesus says this, John 14, think about this, John 14, 13. Whatever you ask in my name, that will I do so that, watch this. Let's all read this together. So that the Father, said together, might be what? Let me ask you a question. If God were to give you what you're asking for, would you glorify God with it? You can ask for anything you want. That doesn't mean it's going to glorify the Father. Why would God give me more wealth if I can't steward what I have in my hands right now? Why would God give me a better vehicle if I can't steward the one that he already gave me? Why would God, do you see what I'm saying? God, I think sometimes when it's a want, it, he considers how do we handle that which we have been giving right now? Why would God give you, young man, a wife? If you can't treat her like a sister in the Lord now. The young ladies you see, I saw my daughters the other day, she's asking me, Dad, about different questions, whatever. I'm trying to tell her, like, this is how young men, young men, young men. I'm a, I'm a man, so I know. I'm trying to tell her, she's like, Dad, 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 come on, Dad. I'm, like, I'm a guy. Okay, Brad Paisley wrote a song about guys, all right? I'm just a guy. And about all that song is true, okay? Now, guys know how guys do. And ladies, I'm just telling you, you just need to know. If nobody's ever told you how a guy is, I'm just telling you. I'll tell you the truth. Ask me, I'll tell you. Because I care, why do I do that? Because I care for my daughter. I care for my daughter. Like any good daddy would do. Tell them the truth. This is what you can expect. Listen, if that young man will not, if, if you have to go meet him, kick him to the curb. That young man cannot come and call you. If he can't come find you, if he can't talk to your parents, if he can't reach out to you, if you got to chase him, he's the wrong joker. That young man should be able to come to the house. When I went to date Haley, you know what I had to do? I talked to her. Oh, no, man, you think your dad going to live in house? You got to talk to my daddy. Oh, man. Now, y'all see Ronnie up here like this. He's like, Jesus, Lord. You know, he's like praising Jesus and everything. Listen, he's a football coach. He's an intense guy. You just don't know him. Like, unless you know him, you don't know. He's an intense guy. And when I was going to date Haley, it was worse. I heard stories about football coach Newberry. And then I'm going like, you know, I got to ask your daddy. No girl ever said that before. Because a lot of girls aren't told by a father what to expect from a man. 
So I get on the phone and call him. I say, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Do you mind if I take your daughter out on a date? I stumbled over my words. And this is what he said. He didn't say, yeah, you can take my daughter on a date. He said, I don't mind if you date my daughter. Meaning exclusively. You're not going to date her and date somebody. You can date my daughter. And you can pick her up at this time and be back by this time, right? He looked at me with a, this. When I picked her up, he looked at me like this. I'll see y'all at, and I don't know what time, we, you know. Why? Because a good daddy understands those kinds of things. I don't know why I'm telling you that. Maybe somebody needed to hear that today. But Mark 11, listen to what Jesus also said. Mark 11, 22, 23, you can read this, but listen to verse 25. He says, when you pray and ask for stuff, first forgive anyone you're holding a grudge against. Let me tell you something. Faith works with forgiveness. If you're holding grudges against people and you ask for stuff, it ain't going to work. Don't expect God to answer your prayers. So <clears throat> the other two are a little bit shorter, but let me just give this to you kind of briefly about seeking. When you seek after something, so it's one thing to ask. Too many times we ask for things, but we don't seek for things. We ask God to come through for us, but we don't do our part. And I don't think that God expects us to sit around and just wait for him. You're asking God to bless you with a car. Well, have you researched that car? You're asking God to give you uh, some other thing, a new job. Well, have you put in applications? You're asking for a job. Well, are you, are, you, are you appreciative of what you have now? Are you researching and taking care of things now? Listen to what Amos 5, 4 says. For thus says the Lord that to the house of Israel, Seek me that you might live. But do not resort to Bethel, and do not come to Gilgal, nor cross over to Beersheba. For Gilgal will certainly go into captivity, and Bethel will come to trouble. Too many times, we want to go back and look at what used to work. Well, this is what God did in the 80s. This is what God did in the 90s. Well, this is what God did pre-COVID. This is how we did it. I'm telling you, you can, pre-COVID is gone. We might as well get used to what's happening and figure out how to move forward and quit trying to look back. Too many people, people they go to these old methods and things that God did years ago. Nothing wrong with Gilgal. Nothing wrong with Bethlehem, Beersheba. Famous cities where God moved. But they turned them into places of idol worship. Well, this is how we used to do it. And you can't move forward if you're always looking backwards at what God used to do. I'm telling you, he's not in Gilgal anymore. He's not in Bethel anymore. He's not in Beersheba. He's moved on. And the longer you hang around the place where the fire used to be, the more you'll put up idols to what used to be. I'm telling you, when you seek God, you've got to figure out where is God now. Seek me that you might live. Isaiah 55, 6 says, Seek the Lord while he might be found. Call upon him while he's near. Part of the process in prayer is seeking. You've asked for stuff, but are you seeking research, knowledge, and ideas? And the Lord's ideas. Verse 8 of Isaiah 55 says, My thoughts are not your thoughts, nor are my ways your ways, says the Lord. Maybe God wants to do something for you, but are you seeking after those things that God has for you? Are you researching? Are you investigating? Are you looking for what God is? You ask for it, but are you looking for what God was trying to do for you? You understand what I'm saying? And then this last thing is knocking. This is the one I think we overlook so much as believers, is the knocking. Nobody likes to door knock, do they? If you've ever been in sales, have you ever had to make cold calls? You know what that is, right? The reason they call them cold calls is because 99% of who you call is going to say no, right? If you've ever had to sell anything and knock on the door, man, I had to do that. It is the most. You're either wired for it or you're not, man. I mean, like, I've knocked on so many doors about different things. Why do you knock? Because you're looking for opportunity. Revelation 3.8, Jesus says this, I know your deeds, 
Behold, I have put before you an open door which no man can shut. But the key is, what door is it that he's opened? Because there's in this room one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine doors. Not counting the big one behind me here that you can't see. So let's say ten doors in this room. Which one has God opened? And the thing is, like, here's what we think sometimes as Christians. We think, well, if the door is open, then that must be the one. And we're looking around the room going, like, oh, there's the open door. I'm going to go to it. That's not what he's saying. Many times the door is unlocked. That means it's accessible. It doesn't mean it's going to be wide open for you just to see it and go, that's God. Sometimes you got to try it out. Listen to what Acts 16.6 says. Next, Paul and Silas traveled through the area of Phrygia and Galatia because the Holy Spirit prevented them from preaching the word in the province of Asia at that time. So in other words, they were going to go to Asia and the Holy Spirit said, "Uh uh-uh. Well, that stinks. I just bought a Delta first class to Asia. Been great if you'd have told me before I bought the ticket. Doesn't matter. God says no. So they they decide we're not going to go there. Then coming to the borders of Mysa, they're going to go to a different place where they feel like the Lord's leading them. They headed north for the province of Bithynia. But again, the Spirit of Jesus didn't allow them to go there. Come on. Two plane tickets. Come on, Lord. So instead, they went on through Mysa to the seaport of Troas. And that night, Paul had a vision. A man from Macedonia in northern Greece was standing there pleading with him, come over to Macedonia and help us. So we decided to leave from Macedonia at once. Watch this. Watch this. Here's why I love this. No angels. No Jesus. No golden lampstands, nothing. Watch this. He says, having concluded that God was calling us to preach. Well, I guess so after you bought three tickets to nowhere. I don't know how you deal with God, but here's how I do. If God's leading me in a direction, I got ten doors in here. I, I, I may not know. I know he wants me to go, but I don't know exactly which door he's at. So what I do, I go and I knock on the door. And I see what's behind door number one. Oh, it's a donkey. That's not what God wants. I didn't ask for a donkey. Shut the door. I'm not going any further. I go to door number two. What is that? Oh, that's not even close to what I asked for. <clears throat> you knock. And so many times, Christian, we sit around praying, oh, God. Oh, God, I pray you just help me get a better job. But you won't go knock on any doors. Oh, God, please give me a great husband. But, you know, you treat men like they're dirt. You think all men are like them guys that get arrested on TV, and they're not. Oh, God, please give me a wife, but you can't treat her like a sister in the Lord. You treat all, you look at all women like they're, you know, objects for things. You can't just look at them like a sister. Oh, God, please, please give me a car. Yeah, but you won't, you won't put, you won't fix your own car that you have now. You won't take care of the squeaky truck you do have. And so I'm wondering why, see, do you understand what I'm saying? Sometimes you've got to knock on a few doors to see if this is God. Listen to what Paul says too. And if you do find the door, I'm going to tell you something. For all of us believers, if you're watching at home right now, in this room right now, I love us. I love us all. I love Christians. I think we're just sweet people. But I think we're so naive at times. I think we, that's why Jesus said, the world wiser and more shrewd than the people of God. <clears throat> Listen to what 1 Corinthians 16, 7 says. This time, Paul, he's, he's got an open door. He's found the right door. He's going through the door. 
For this time, I don't want to make just a short visit and then go right on. I want to come and stay a while. Watch this. If the Lord will let me. In the meantime, I'll be staying here at Ephesus until the festival of Pentecost. Watch this. Verse 9. For there's a wide open door for great work here. Paul's preaching it, baby. He's he letting it rip, man. His hair falling. You know, he's doing it, man. Watch this, though. Although many oppose me. I'm telling you, you may pray and ask God for something. You may seek out and get research and ideas of God for what you're going and get the right direction. And you may knock on the right door and it be God. And watch this. On the other side of that promise, there may be giants. When Israel went into the promised land, they didn't go over there and find a bunch of Starbucks and sit around drinking some lattes. There were giants in the promised land. Are y'all hearing me this morning? I said there were giants in the promised land. So you may get or see or go through and find the door God gives you and then look and go, well, I prayed. I'm a Christian. I was anointed with oil. I mean, I, I had the warm, fuzzy feeling and everything. Why don't they like me? Because you're going to have some opposition at times. I don't know where Christians get off thinking that somehow or another, life's just going to be simple and easy. And all of God's promises are yes and amen. And I worship Jesus on Sunday and I open the door and it's just going to be Jesus everywhere. Who are all these what is this opposition? I'm Why do they like me? Well, wake up. You're a Christian. You're a follower of Christ. You will encounter persecution at times when you inherit the promises of God. And nowhere in the Bible says you're going to have promises, sit around, drink some lattes at Starbucks, and enjoy your Christianity here on earth. That's in heaven, by the way. <laughs> that whole streets of gold thing, you don't find it here. The whole trees that have the leaves for the healing of the nations, not here. We got the United Nations. We, you know, up there, healing for the nations, right? Here, you will have opposition. Might as well get ready for it. So this morning, when you pray, when you ask, when you seek, when you start knocking, know this. God's for you. He's with you. He wants to help you. But listen, you got to try out some stuff to see. Is this God? Is this God? I got to open the door. I got to see. Is this the Lord? No, 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 no. That's not. This is the Lord. Okay, that's the Lord. Oh, this is the Lord. I'm going through it. Wait a minute, why do I have... Because you might have some opposition, even in the midst of a promise. So this morning, I want to pray for you. I want you to close your eyes back your heads just where you are this morning. Father, in the name of Jesus, I thank you for today. I thank you for your goodness, for your mercy. Lord, I thank you that you are, God, the one who meets our needs. <clears throat> According to your riches and glory by Christ Jesus, I thank you, Lord, that when we ask you anything in your name, you say that you will do it for us so that, your, <clears throat> so that the Father may be glorified. I thank you today that God... We would be like children in one sense here today. That we would ask unashamedly from you to move and to do things in our lives. God, that we would seek out and we would do our part. Not put it all on you. That we would seek out research. Do the job applications. Do what's necessary on our end. And then, God, we would start knocking on doors and say, is this you? God, is this you? Is you? Oh, there you. that's the Lord. And not run when we come across opposition. I pray today for those that are listening in this room and those who are watching online right now. Or if they're here and they don't know Christ, I pray that today they'd understand that by saying yes to Jesus does not eliminate problems from their lives. When they come to you, I pray that they will understand that the gospel, that many times the answer for the gospel is persecution. People don't like it sometimes. I pray that there are those that have been persecuted for their faith. God, they would realize it's not going to change. 
and, and rise up and be the believer that you called them to be. And just stand strong in the Lord and the power of His might. So, Father, I pray if there's anybody that doesn't know you today, I pray they would yield their lives to you right now. While you're watching online at home or in this room, your eyes are closed, you're, you're, you're just in an attitude of worship here. You say you need to say yes to Jesus. Would you please just pray this prayer with me in some form right now? The Bible says if you acknowledge Jesus, if you believe in your heart, confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord, you shall be saved. So we're going to pray this prayer right now. You just pray this with me. You say, dear Jesus, I come to you today and I give you my life. I give you my heart and I ask you to save me. I believe that you are the son of God. And I believe you're my Lord. I yield to you and give you complete control. In Jesus' name, amen, amen. Man, if you pray that prayer, we're so proud of you right now. Come on, give him a hand, would you, church? Let them know online how much you love them and appreciate them right now. So awesome, man. Well, listen, on the screens right now, you'll see this. And in this room right now, connect.cornerstonerome.com. It's just a great way you can fill out some information for us. We just want to help you get started walking with Christ. Those of you watching online right now, you need help. You need to learn how to become a disciple of Christ. We'll help you with that. If you'll fill that out for us, let us know that you pray. One of our pastors will follow up with you and get you information to help you begin the process of discipleship. Because it's not just about salvation. It is about discipleship, learning how to live like Jesus. So before we go today, I always want to speak this blessing of your life, of our church life, over you at home watching right now online. This is from Numbers chapter 6 and verse 24. It says, may the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. May the Lord turn his face towards you and give you his peace. Man, that's our prayer for you. God bless you guys so much. We'll see you next time. God bless you. We hope you were blessed by today's message. If so, feel free to pay it forward and share this podcast with someone else. Thanks for listening.